0: You got to make the morning Good
1: morning, last. everyone. I'm Leah Wetzel, licensed and nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. And I want to thank each of you for listening to our show today, Dishing Up Nutrition. This hour-long program is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, is dedicated to giving you life-changing nutrition information that is based on scientific research. Today's topic is Asthma. And I'm very excited to be here today to discuss this topic because I used to suffer from this serious inflammatory condition, and now I'm eight years symptom-free. So is asthma sidelighting you? If so, stay tuned because we're going to talk about and discuss today how nutrition can help with asthma of all ages. And throughout the hour, I'll share my experience of how I healed my asthma with food But before I get started, I would like to introduce my co-host, Marcy. Marcy is a licensed nutritionist, and she also, she sees clients in YZ and Maple Grove, and she teaches classes too.
0: Welcome. Hi, Leah. Great to be here today with you. Yes, it's great to be here today with you as well. Um, You know, I think this is such an important topic to discuss because asthma rates are on the rise. The CDC reports that in 1980, about 3% of U.S. populations suffered with asthma, and now the rate is close to 9%. Wow. that's Isn't that amazing! Crazy, it is. Yeah. So what that really means is over 25 million people, and it keeps increasing every day. Right. You know. So some of you might be asking, why are the rates of asthma continuing to go up? You know that really is a great question and as nutritionist Marcy don't we
1: really go to that food connection
0: oh we do you're right right, right. yeah and I know
1: firsthand really how real food can help heal the asthma
0: you do right. you do and we will talk about that right you know so what is asthma asthma is an inflammatory condition where your airways narrow and swell with this extra mucus production right. and it results in a difficult time of breathing You know, so oftentimes an asthma flare can result in coughing or that wheezing or even shortness of breath. And for some people, asthma is, you know, a minor nuisance. Right. But for others, it's a major problem that interferes with daily life activities and can even lead to a a life-threatening asthma attack. Right. Yeah. Scary.
1: Marcy, did you know that asthma is considered an autoimmune disease?
0: Yes. It's amazing,
1: right? Right. And, you know, clients are often surprised when I mentioned that in appointments, doctors don't often talk about that when discussing the disease with their patients. What happens is when someone develops asthma, is the immune system reacts with inflammation and, and airway constriction to factors that they become sensitive to. So that could be pollen, it could be bacteria, it could be viruses, it could be
0: mold, or food. That's right, great point. Right. You know, doctors often talk about being aware of those environmental triggers. But don't often address the food connection to asthma inflammation.
1: Right. And that was really for sure the true connection for me.
0: Yes, and I think this this would be a great time, Leah, for you to share your right. story about your changing my, your diet yes. and how that healed your asthma. Right,
1: yeah. And I know I've talked about this a few times on the show, but it really is important as far as it is the the big inflammation connection to food I found right. um when I changed my diet. So, you know, I developed asthma in my late teens around 19. And really kind of looking at a snapshot of my life at that point, I was really unhealthy. Um, My diet was probably 95% processed carbs and sugar. So, for example, you know, breakfast would be cereal. Right. Um, My lunch would be pizza. Perfect Very for yeah. inflammation. Right, right, right. Um, breads were very much a main staple for me. Um, and, you know, maybe for dinner, I'd have a little bit of protein. Um, just, cause. just because. Just right. because, right. Yeah. With my pasta or, you know, so there's a lot of processed carbs. Yeah. Um, I also had A lot for uh, I drink a lot of juice, you know, and I didn't drink a lot of water, drink a lot of soda. So I had a lot of sugar in my beverages as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was the wintertime of that that year. um, I started to have kind of the symptoms that you described, tightness of chest, Mm -hmm. hard time breathing occasionally. um, And it seemed to progress and got worse and worse and worse. Um, and by springtime of, of that year, when my allergies kicked in, which I had really bad seasonal allergies in spring and fall, um, that I couldn't ignore it. It was, wow. it was, uh it kept me up at night um, and it was really getting scary. I was just going to uh, say scary for you, right. for sure. And so I went to the doctor and was diagnosed with asthma and then was put on albuterol, but- uh, which is a rescue inhaler, yeah. and I was also put on Advair, um, which uh, didn't really help to control my symptoms all that well. How
0: often did you use your inhaler?
1: You know, often on, I would have flares and I could go through long stretches of time where I'd use my inhaler every day. Wow,
0: yeah. that's a lot.
1: So the doctor then put me on um, prednisone. Oh, so was great. So on and off that steroid right um, uh, for long periods of my life Um, and uh, kind of flash forward a few years from there um, I had also gained a lot of weight uh, and so I and a lot of other signs of inflammation Mm -hmm. I had bursitis so I was having a hard time in my hips so I was having a hard
0: time just um, doing what you wanted to do being
1: active yeah can't breathe and you can't move that's no good 22 at the time oh my goodness so really young and so I decided i Needed to figure out something to do. Um, I started to change my life because I was very unhealthy. And I saw this was projecting into a bad pattern and I was still young. Right. And so um, I changed my diet. Nice. And learned about real food. So cut out those the sugar, cut out the processed carbohydrates and started eating real fruits and vegetables for my carbs and real proteins and oh, wow. um, some little bits of healthy fats. Now... I eat a lot more of those healthy vets yes, working do. here, right? Yeah. Um, and start you switch over from the soda to the water. Lost 50 pounds in wow. a year. Wow. It took me a while, yeah. but a, a year of, of healing. And to how'd, do you how'd
0: you feel? How would you Overall, you know,
1: other signs of inflammation had, had gone down. My bursitis had went away. Um, and, you know, I had better energy, you know, cravings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still having asthma,
0: Wow. Yeah. So I still
1: had, so what's the deal here? Right. So I still was having the issues with my asthma and using my rescue inhaler at that point, relatively often, like okay. almost every day, probably at that point. Um, and, uh, decided uh, around that time to, um, go to school to become a nutritionist cause it just became a passion at all these healing, um, lost the weight and kept it off for a long time and felt really good in that sense. Um, and so I met with Dar after I started working at nutritional weight and wellness. Okay. And what
0: did Dar tell you to do?
1: And Dar sat down and, and and my big complaint at that point was the asthma. Sure. And she said, well, you really need to get off of the gluten. Um, and she said, dairy is probably a problem too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I got off of, uh, gluten and dairy. And, uh, Night and day difference with my asthma. So I was able at that point, once I got off the gluten and dairy, to uh, get off of my uh, Advair and get off my rescue inhaler. Mm-hmm.
0: How um, long do you think you were off all your meds once you went gluten-free?
1: You know, I, I noticed a huge difference within a couple of weeks. And probably within a month's time, I was, was completely dependent, independent yeah. of those medications. And so that was eight years ago. Yeah. Wow. What a great story. And here story. we are. Flash forward. And now I do not have any sort of asthma flares
0: at all. Oh, um, what a great thing. Yep. Wow.
1: So I'm very thankful um, to have discovered this. Yeah. My helped me figure yeah. that out, that piece. But sticking with that gluten, dairy free, mm-hmm. and all the other things I did. With you know switching over drinking water mm-hmm. and eating real fruits and vegetables right. for my carbs and real proteins and
0: healthy fats mm-hmm. all made a huge difference. with that. Another testimony to eating real food. Right. Right. Exactly. It's amazing. Yes. You yeah. know, I just that's a great story and it's so it's such a good beneficial one for right. us to share with everybody to learn something today. Yep. And in particular, really just how let's reduce that sugar because right. reducing sugar in the beginning, decreased so much inflammation for you. It
1: did, yeah, yeah. So reducing the sugar and reducing the processed carbs made a big difference. And I think you know most people get the connection with sugar, that sugar is inflammatory. But still, there's a lot of confusion around carbohydrates, especially the processed carbohydrates. But both sugar and processed carbs can cause a lot of inflammation in the body. And for me, that inflammation showed up As asthma, but for others, that inflammation might show up as arthritis or migraines or acne,
0: right?
1: Right. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, You know, those processed carbs that Leah was referring to are those foods like bread, pasta, bagels, cereal, granola bars, muffins, cookies, cakes. Oh, I know (laughs) they're wonderful, right? We We all all grew up on it, right? We (laughs) ate a lot, right? You know. What are these? These are man-made carbs, right? Processed carbs that turn into a lot of sugar in our body very quickly, right? And that which causes our inflammation levels to rise, right? And it will cause the same kind of inflammation that that straight or pure sugar does, right? You know, so if you're eating that cold cereal for breakfast this morning, or you pick the bagel up um, for breakfast, you know, they are causing your airways to be inflamed, and then creating um, an asthma attack. Good, potentially do that,
1: right? So let's really give some examples of, of how some of these processed carbs can equate to sugar. Good idea. So granola bars, which you know I thought seemed like a very healthy option sure. back in the day, right? But a lot of them are packed full of sugar. So there are many of them with well over 25 grams of carbohydrates. And a lot of them is equaling to eating like a whole Hershey bar.
0: So granola bar or, Hershey, or her bar. Hershey bar. I mean, what are you going to pick, right? right. <laughs> how about neither? Right. You know? Right. Or yeah. how about whole wheat bread? Right. According to uh, Dr. William Davis, he is the author of The Wheat Belly. He says that two slices of whole wheat bread raises our blood sugar higher than if you ate six teaspoons of table sugar. Right. Amazing. That's crazy. You know, everybody thinks yeah. whole wheat bread. No way. Right. That's the
1: healthy option. It is. Yeah, right. That's really alarming. Whole wheat bread is also really high in gluten. And as I shared with my story, gluten is very inflammatory for my lungs. And cutting it out made a huge difference with my asthma. And we'll probably talk about this, more about this later on in the right. show. Um, but everything that we mentioned... Uh, was ca- a carb, but we're not saying that you need to cut out all carbohydrates. No, right? no, that they're not g- at all. Great forms of carbohydrates. Don't forget that fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates and are really our preferred source. So we need to eat a lot of these fruits and vegetables uh, for their anti-inflammatory benefits. Right. So right.
0: Those fabulous. It's
1: already break time. Oh my gosh! I know time is flying. Uh, You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Leah Wetzel, licensed nutritionist. I'm here in the studio with Marcy. She's also a licensed nutritionist. And we have our popular Nutrition for Weight Loss series coming up the week of the 10th all across the Twin Cities. Are you looking to lose weight and keep it off, increase your energy, sleep better at night, and decrease your inflammation, aches and pains in the joints, or even reduce your asthma symptoms? This class is for you. This 12-week series includes 12 weekly one-hour classes and a two-hour individual one-on-one appointment with one of our highly knowledgeable licensed nutritionists or dietitians. And 96% of people that take this series see health improvements. For more information or to register, go online at weightandwellness.com or or call our office at 651 699 3438. Question today for us about asthma, please call, please call us in the studio at 651 641 1071.
0: Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Marcy Vasky, and I'm here today with Leah Wetzel. And the topic today is asthma. So why do we have an epidemic of asthma that affects as many people as heart disease or diabetes? We are spending the hour, you know, just looking at the food connections to asthma. And one very important connection that is often overlooked is our intestinal health. Our intestinal tract makes up 80% of our immune system, and we need a very healthy immune system to reduce autoimmune conditions such as Asthma. Right.
1: Yeah. So, what you're saying is that we need a healthy gut for a healthy immune system. Correct. Right.
0: So, you know, lots of good bacteria like bifidobacteria, we have three to four pounds of bacteria in our gut. Isn't that amazing? That's a ton. It is. And a healthy gut has at least 85% of good bacteria. Right. So, if we don't have enough of that good bacteria and too much of the bad, our immune system becomes compromised, and then we see those asthma symptoms flare.
1: Right, yeah. And I think a really important thing to support are good bacteria. And a great place to start is a capsule or um, a fourth of a teaspoon of that bifidobacteria, which makes up a lot of that predominant bacteria. Exactly. You know, in water, if you're going to do the powder, you mix it with water like 15 to 20 minutes before breakfast, lunch and dinner.
0: That's right. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Build That's it back great. up.
1: Well, we have a caller.
0: All right. Let's take this.
1: Melissa, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about gluten-free bread. Hi. Hi. I just wondered if you find the gluten-free products,
2: specifically the gluten-free bread, the rice breads, to be a reasonable substitute um when eating gluten free or do you just see those as, as processed and, and just substituting one thing for another that right. isn't good for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. Hi Melissa, this is Marcy. So you know, we do at nutritional weight and wellness think that, you know, if there really is no um uh different there's not a, what's the word i'm looking for leah um
1: yeah it's still a process right Ooh, exactly okay. yeah so you
0: can't just get rid of regular bread and eat, and eat some Lots. gluten-free bread you're still going to get that sugar and you're right. still going to create inflammation <laughs> right okay
1: yeah, yeah. does that
0: extend then to all gluten-free products the rice crackers yes yeah, so i'd be careful with all of them i would i mean they're definitely going to be higher in carbohydrates yeah and i
1: love one Problem too with the gluten-free alternative foods is they tend to actually have more ingredients if you look at those labels and compare like a wasa cracker with some of the gluten-free crackers there's they tend to have a lot more things in them and they actually tend to be a little high glycemic as well like high in sugar okay. um, so I, I like to treat those as an occasional thing if you're gonna have right. them not a main staple every day um, and so I, yeah, it's good. It's easy to get caught up in that because mm-hmm. there are a lot of gluten-free options nowadays, um, on the market, uh, for kind of converting
0: over converting, to more of the process. Yeah, you're right. Like
1: pastas and crackers and breads. And so we would still want to consider those, um, kind of in a limited use, um, but, and trying to, you know, eat more of the real vegetables and fruits
0: and, you know, Right, Exactly. Burgers.
1: Okay. Did that answer Thank your question? Thank you. Qu- I appreciate your taking yeah. the question. Thank All right. you. Thank you. Great. Thanks.
0: All right. Well, let's get back to the topic. You right. know, we're going to kind of talk now about how there's hidden sugar in drinks. Right. So we know that soda has a lot of sugar, right? Yeah, right. Right. But what may, people might not realize is juice is just as high in sugar as soda. Right. So, for example, an eight-ounce soda has 27 grams of sugar, and eight ounces of juice has about the same amount of wow. sugar as a soda. I know.
1: You wouldn't. You just don't the think two. about
0: that. You think juice. Oh, I'm eating, having something healthy. Right. Right. You know. Plus, plus, let's just think, nobody just drinks eight ounces of either of those things. I never did. Right. (laughs) So, you know, you're going to find soda in 12 or 16 or 32 ounces or even that horrible 64 64. ounce ridiculous cup, um, you know, instead of, you know, instead of that eight ounce. Right,
1: right. Yeah. And I really totally made this mistake with juice. I used to think that I was doing a good option by drinking the juice and I would have at least 16 ounces or more in a day. And I really hardly ever drank water. So, one of my connections I know for my asthma was that I was chronically
0: dehydrated. Oh, right. Yeah. Good point. You know, studies are showing that an estimated 75% of the population has some degree of dehydration. Right. That is significant enough to affect their health. Right. So even if, um, you know, so even de- dehydration creates inflammation. It does. Isn't definitely. that amazing? I think yeah. people probably don't get that No, one
1: right. Often. And right. And water is an integral part of keeping the lungs moist and
0: functioning properly. That's right. Right. You know, how much water do you need to keep your lungs hydrated, Leah?
1: You know, I need at least 80 ounces in a day. And I really can tell a difference when I don't get that amount. And I generally tell my clients to shoot for half their body weight in ounces. Right. Easily. I do, too. And then you
0: get that look like,
1: yeah, really? Right?
0: Yeah. That's so a lot. That is a lot. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I do, too. You know, I also suggest working up gradually. if yeah. if, if you if they don't drink much water to start, you know, you can't just jump right in sometimes. No. So usually just suggesting maybe eight ounces more per day, per week, right. you know, until they reach that amount that they really should be drinking. Right.
1: Yeah. And if yeah, it's, it's really not a good idea to go from
0: zero to 60.
1: Right. <laughs> your body's not going to your cells are not going to absorb that water. Right. You're just going to be in the bathroom
0: all day, all day long. long.
1: Yeah, so slowly incorporating and and building that up, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, and another important nutrient that
0: hydrates and reduces inflammation of your lungs is healthy fats. Oh, great point. Right. You know, I think, yes, you know, thinking that a fat is providing a special coating to our lung tissue that keeps it lubricated so you can breathe in and right. out just like you should. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of like if a, uh, you know if a car is not well lubricated with oil it seizes up right, right? same thing you happens in the lungs. exactly yeah. so the same thing will happen in your lungs
1: yeah yeah and doing research for the show I was really surprised to find out that most of the fat that makes up that lubrication is saturated fat so that's huh. fat from like butter, butter. coconut oil yep. lard palm oil All of which in their unprocessed or unrefined forms are really super healthy fats for us to eat.
0: Oh, they are, you're right. Right. You know, yeah. so and then there's other anti inflammatory fats for asthma too. Right. So things like um avocados. Right. Olive oil. Right. Nuts and seeds. Definitely yummy. Yeah. You know, so but let's not forget not all fats are created equal though, right? Right. Yeah. So now we want to talk a little bit about that's, that. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yes. There are other
1: franken fats that will only make asthma inflammation worse and i'm calling them freaking fats because mm-hmm. they are so processed i'm really not sure they qualify as food i don't think so right so trans fats and refined oils are very inflammatory again whether inflammation is of your elbow or your, or if it's of your lungs mm-hmm. you want to stay away from these damaged hydrogenated
0: fats yes you right. do most definitely You know, and what's great is that finally the FDA put a ban on food manufacturers using trans fats. uh, But the food industry has three years to implement the change. I'm so looking forward to the change. I am too. (laughs) In three years. Yeah. And hopefully,
1: hopefully what they replace the fats with are healthier options. Yes. But we'll have, you know, what time we will know.
0: That's exactly right.
1: What they end up doing. That's right. Well, it's break time again. Break time again. All right. Before we go to break, I want to talk about another food connection to inflammation and inflammatory diseases. This is a very serious one, Alzheimer's. Dr. Perlmutter Perlmutter, on his book, Grain Brain, a New York Times bestseller list for six months now, which is really is unusual for a health book. That's awesome. Yeah. He says that what we've crystallized it down to now in essence is that diets that are high in sugar and, and carbohydrates and similarly diets that are low in fat are devastating to the brain. He cites a lot of research to back his claim in one interesting study conducted at the Mayo Clinic and published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, which founds that diets rich in carbohydrates are associated with an 89% increased risk for dementia. Meanwhile, high-fat diets are associated with a 44% reduced risk. So here's really more proof that not only does high sugar and processed carbohydrates cause inflammation for our lungs, but for other parts of our bodies like our brain. For questions for us today, call the studio at
0: 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up you. Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Marcy Vasquez, licensed nutritionist. And changing your eating means changing your shopping, right? So if you want to eat healthier foods, but find grocery shopping overwhelming. Right. Right? Some people, yeah, it's just can be too much. I remember being there. It's, yeah.
1: It can be very overwhelming. You know,
0: I love the grocery store, so yeah. it never felt overwhelming for me. But oh. I can understand when people come in and they're like, I have to go shopping now. Right. And I, they have this deer in the headlight look. I was totally that person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we have a great option for you. Um... We will show you, we have a, a tour, actually, where we will show you how to navigate the never-ending aisles of food products and finally make sense of some of those food labels, which, again, can be overwhelming. Yes. And so what you're going to learn after being through the tour, you'll s- learn how to save some time and money by using some good shopping techniques. Right. Yeah. Right? We're going to learn how to avoid those trans fats we were just talking about, yep. that high fructose corn syrup. MSG, and all the other food add- additives that can, you know, really sabotage one's health. Right. And you're also going to learn, you know, how to manage gluten-free shopping. Yep. So, and then easily compare brands to select the best products for you and your family. So this would be great. So go to, um, call us at 651-699-3438 at one of our six locations. Right. To sign up for our Monday, August 3rd tour in Lakeville great. or our Thursday, August 6th tour at the Highland Park Luns. Okay. All right. That sounds
1: great. Well, we got some callers on the line. Okay. Right. Mary? Thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about bacteria supplements?
2: Yes. My daughter has mild asthma. If she gets a really bad cold, she'll get it. We're gluten and dairy free. Okay. I already have her on a probiotic and a um, fish oil supplement. Um, she still craves sugar very much, though. Mm. And so I've heard you talk before about um, the Bifido balance, so I did purchase some of that. Wait. And I'm wondering if that will help with the asthma and how much I should be giving her and when and all the fine details. Sure.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a great thing, you know, to add in. So so she gets a lot of that really important good bacteria. And a lot of people that take the bifidobacteria talk about how they experience a lot less sugar cravings. That's right. So that could be helpful for her for that to kind of help to adhere to that um, healthy eating. And how old is she? She's eight. Okay, for an eight-year-old... I would say I would probably pick up some of maybe the powder. Bifido. Yeah, I think that'd be the best, right? And I would start her off with like an eighth of a teaspoon three times a day, yep. um, and kind of do that for a while and see how she does. Uh, you know, maybe do that for a few months. Okay. Yeah. And then my
2: other question was, um, usually she's really good about eating eggs for right. breakfast mm-hmm. and maybe even as a bedtime snack, but. Um, She's a kid, and she gets tired of it. Right. And so I'm looking for other um, high protein options um, for both breakfast and kind of a bedtime snack, um, so that we can avoid the cereal.
0: Um, well, what about maybe like a protein smoothie? Yeah, that's would a good she idea. ever get it? Does she like things like that, where it would have some protein, um, like a whey protein, or um, and then some berries and some good healthy fat in there? Um, I've been hesitant because we are dairy free. So if there, yeah. there are other options in proteins, right? Yeah. So. so
1: if for some people that have a dairy sensitivity, they can do whey protein isolate because mm-hmm. they don't have any lactose and no casein. Uh otherwise what I do for dairy free you can make a dairy free protein smoothie without yogurt and just do coconut milk and then we have a beef protein powder That's right um that I often go to so it's completely dairy free mm-hmm. a beef yeah, protein powder? yeah mm-hmm.
0: it might sound gross but it's it's delicious actually right. it is pretty good it is yeah mhm and is, is it the the paleo it is the paleo yeah. brand the paleo brand right, right. mhm
1: yeah, oh, so that's really a really good. good option. And I've been using that with clients that are really, really dairy sensitive mm-hmm. and have had you know good results with that. So they're getting a lot of really good quality protein um source in um, you know, when they're looking to cut out some others like that were that found way. in the dairy. And for the bedtime, I don't think you really need to ha- have to have the protein at bedtime. Oh. Um she could just do some like a carbon of fat at bedtime. Mm-hmm. Um that that would be totally fine. So maybe like berries and coconut milk. Perfect. Like canned coconut yeah. milk. I do that a, a little lot.
0: apple and almond butter yeah, or something. That's even. a great option. You
2: know. Um for we've discovered that she her she also has eczema and her right. eczema tends to flare up with um nuts. She can do seeds. Sure. Um and the jury I still haven't quite figured out if coconut works for her or not. Okay. Um and some i think it might just depend on how other like environmental allergens right. are around too um right so like the berries and like i know you got rice milk she likes but i don't see that that has any healthy right fat in it yeah right Right. it's kind of like a filler yeah sometimes mm-hmm. um so if sometimes yeah. we'll do like pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds
1: um yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I would just focus on, like, yeah, so I'd cut out the nuts, give that some time, and see how she she reacts. And then, um, you know, and see if if it's needed to go coconut, to pull out the coconut, too. And do you have any
2: alternates? Because I know, like with the paleo and having listened to your show, that kind of the almond butter and the coconut milk tend to be go-to items. Right. Do you have any alternate suggestions?
0: You could always do like cashew butter, or I mean, there's lots of different nut butters. If, but if you want to stay away from all of that,
1: yeah. What I, about
0: the sunflower seed butter? Yeah, I mean, there is always that. I use that sometimes for kids. That yeah. When yeah, we're trying sensitive. to cut out
1: all the nuts, I think that would be where I would I would focus and maybe go to that. Yeah. And as far as uh, the protein shakes go, I, I mean other fats you can add to it besides coconut. Sometimes I throw in half avocado. Oh, perfect! Yeah, and that me too is really tasty in, in a shake. Um, avocados are a good go-to too. Yep.
0: So, so the avocado just blends in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's you great. can't even really mm-hmm. you can't even taste it. It's just very creamy. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's tasty. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. thank you for your question Super. today. Thank you very much. Yeah. I thanks for calling. It. Take care. Great.
1: Thanks. Bye. All right. So before break, we were talking about those bad fats and That's how right. we want to kind of stay away from those, um, the trans fats. You know, so those are we're finding those kind of similarly to what we're finding the processed carbs, right? So chips, exactly. donuts,
0: muffins, muffins. yeah, those granola bars even have it sometimes. So we cut out the sugar and processed carbs. Mm-hmm. We're also a lot of times we're cutting out the trans fats, which Just is great, nice and easy, right? Yep. you know, so. Let's, so all right, you know, before we move on to talking about some supplements that can help to reduce asthma. Um, I think it's really important that we also cover another area, which is possible food sensitivities that Leo is really sharing in her story. Yeah. And remember back in the beginning of the show when we explained what, you know, triggers are for asthma attacks and what could cause these asthma attacks. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So these triggers are different for everyone. And for many, they are both environmental and food related. Exactly. Yeah. It's very interesting
1: to me. That when i cut out the foods that were my triggers for my asthma my environmental triggers went away
0: that is interesting isn't it yeah.
1: so for example i now can be around cats and dogs without an inflammation or an asthma attack or flare where before i would have an attack every time
0: wow look at that yeah you know and besides sugar the two most common uh food triggers for an asthma de- asthma attack is exactly what was happening to Leah. Right, had that gluten and dairy. Right, right,
1: and that was really very true for me. That it was night and day difference when I cut them both out.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and now gluten is a pro- gluten is a protein found in many grains. Right, so you'll find it in grains like wheat, barley, rye. That's spelt. Also, kamut and oats. Right. And with dairy, you know, the more common trigger foods are milk,
1: ice cream, and cheese, and less commonly with butter and heavy cream. Some people need to go that exactly um, that way of, of completely cutting out. But for me, I can still have butter and yeah, it's so fine. Can I. Right? Yep. Um, and some people with dairy sensitivities can also tolerate, as we were talking about that collar whey protein powder. Mm-hmm. But if someone's really sensitive, they would need to cut that out too.
0: Yep, and yeah. go with our beef protein. Right, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. You know, so the best approach to figure out if one or both of these foods are problematic for asthma is to really do an elimination right. of both and then slowly reintroduce them separately um, at a time. Right. So, you know, bring one back and then bring the other back.
1: Right, right. Yep, that's right. So if you are suspect. That there are food, the connection to your asthma, I highly suggest really to make an appointment with one of our nutritionists at Nutritional Weight Exactly. Wellness, because we really can help guide you through that process and it's really helpful to have that expert advice.
0: It is. So you know you're going down the right track. Right. And know. how to do it. That's right. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So, Leah what supplements have you found helpful to reduce some of your lung inflammation? Yeah, you know, there are three supplements
1: that I've been taking pretty consistently the past eight years that have really helped my lungs, you know, keep them healthy and keep the inflammation away. And they are fish oil, GLA and vitamin D.
0: Right. Well, great. You know, fish oil or what could be called omega-3 fatty right. acids are going to be found in that cold water fish like salmon right. or sardines, herring, the pastured eggs, right. and some of that grass-fed beef, right. which is great for many types of inflammation. Right. So many Americans are deficient in omega-3. Yes, like 85%. I know. Right. That is... <laughs> We have a lot of statistics today that are kind of amazing. Right. I think. <laughs> um, and, you know, getting those omega-3s from foods can be kind of difficult.
1: Right. Yeah. And that is right. You know, for me, it was the case that I was deficient for most of my life. I'm really not a big fish eater. There you go. And for most of my life, I I did not supplement with omega-3s.
0: You know, and there are um, some supplements that almost everyone can benefit from. And I really feel that omega-3 fish oil is definitely one of them. Right. Right. Well,
1: it's break time again. Break time again. Yeah. Moly moly. So another important nutrient for our lungs is Zinc. Zinc is an important mineral for your immune system, and people with zinc deficiencies are high at risk for an asthma attack. So zinc has an anti-inflammatory property that keeps the lungs, lung inflammation down. I think it's really interesting to note that it's an estimated over 70% of adults and 80% of kids are deficient in zinc. So zinc... Re- Foods that are rich in zinc include oysters, beans, nuts, and animal protein. Studies have shown that supplementing in 30 milligrams of zinc citrate a day can be beneficial for reducing uh, asthma inflammation. And we'll be
0: right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. It's brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And I'm Marcy Vaskey, licensed nutritionist. If you are suffering from chronic asthma, I really encourage you to make an individual appointment with one of our nutritional counselors. Yeah, we, I agree. Yes, definitely. You know, we have the extra expertise to help you figure out what the food connection is to your asthma. And Leah Storia is really living proof that food can make such a big impact. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It it's worth the investment. It is definitely in, your in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. So call our office today at six five one six nine nine three four three eight to make that appointment Yeah,
1: great so before break we're talking about fish oil and the importance of fish oil
0: so right and so let's just kind of move on with that you know it's an anti-inflammatory across the board right isn't it yep you know let's say there is inflammation of the brain such as memory loss Mm -hmm. or inflammation of the joints like arthritis right or even inflammation of the gut IBS And finally, inflammation of the lungs, what we're talking about today, asthma. Right. Omega-3s are going to help all of these conditions. That's correct. Yeah, and population studies have shown that children who eat fish
1: more than once a week have a one-third risk of getting asthma as the children who do not eat fish regularly. And several clinical studies have shown that increasing omega-3 fatty acids in the supplements offers significant
0: benefits in treating asthma. And some of those benefits um, are improvements in airway responsiveness, Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of that improvement in respiratory function. Right. So these are huge benefits. benefits for someone that's suffering from constricted breathing and just can't get enough. Right, right. And with
1: a serious condition like asthma, it's important to get enough omega-3s. And so what we would recommend is about 4,000 milligrams a day of a high-quality omega-3 fish oil. And high-quality means to make sure that it's molecularly distilled so it doesn't contain contaminants like mercury, lead, or other toxins. That's right. 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 And 4,000 milligrams you know that's a, a therapeutic yeah. amount so three thousand is a good preventative keep exactly. inflammation away you know and four thousands if we have inflammation you know this is the amount we need to take or more to, help to reduce, yep,
0: depending right and, and yeah. so
1: is that how much you take leah yeah four thousand i do i have continued over the years to take four thousand milligrams um of this therapeutic amount for uh, the chronic, my chronic asthma that I had, and it really is helps, um, to keep that away. I I really feel like I still need to continue to take that. And it's, I think, helpful to note, too, that this could take a couple months to notice the benefits when you increase your fish oil. And you have to be consistent with it. You do.
0: You do. And people ask all the time, you know, how long is this going to take? So that's a good point that you said it'd take a couple months sometimes for people.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, And we have a caller kind of on this question.
0: All right. Well, let's take it.
1: Annie? Yes. Thanks for calling. You have a question about flaxseed versus fish oil. Yeah, I do.
2: I had I had read something quite uh, some time ago about how uh, fish oil being in cold water doesn't always go through your system as well, and to use flaxseed oil instead.
1: Right, so it actually is the the fish oil is actually a more therapeutic form, and there's tons of research to kind of back that claim and how it reduces internal chronic inflammation. Right. And reasoning being that um, the fish oil is an active form of omega three, so right. it's an, in a therapeutic form that your body just uses to reduce that inflammation. And the flax is in an inactive form. Right. Oh. Yeah. So your your body has to convert that um, into an active form and some people can do that well mm-hmm. and so and a lot of people actually cannot do that well and how would you know that um, so it's, it's really it's really gets complex um, but I would say that if you're taking the flax oil and you're not noticing redu- reduction in inflammation okay then I would you know I would highly suggest to switch over to the fish oil uh, and flax is really fragile. So in in a liquid form, it can um, damage very easily. Um, so it's it can be an unstable way of getting that omega-3 fat. Wow. We think flax seed is great for a right. fiber source, but flax oil doesn't really hold up in research as well um, oh, as fish oil does. I switched through that several months ago, so yeah
2: i would oh I would switch back to the fish oil
1: oh okay. yes. yeah. well, thank you very much.
2: Yeah. I often wondered about that yeah so. great, thank you thank okay. you okay. Yep. Yeah. Have day okay
0: you Bye. too okay. all right, so um we talked about omega three fish oil. Right. right, you know so omega three is not the only essential fatty right. acid that helps with asthma. You know, you mentioned you take both to help keep your asthma away. Right. Omega-3 and omega-6, omega-6. as well. That's right.
1: Um, so omega-6 is, you know, a very specific type of omega-6 that really
0: helps to reduce asthma. And it comes from board seed or evening primrose. And we really hear a lot about how we get too much omega-6 in our diet. Right. But that is completely not what we're talking about. You know, omega-6 from vegetable cooking oils like that soybean oil right. or cottonseed, sunflower, canola, those are the unhealthy oils. Right. Those are the bad omega-6s. Right. Yeah. But oils like Leah was just saying, the borage or evening primrose, are um, the activated form of omega-6. Right. And they. Reduce inflammation. That's right. Yeah, and so the uh, the borage oil that we have at um, at
1: Nutrition Weight Wellness is the GLA two hundred. That's, That's right. the form that we have of the the borage oil, and I take the GLA two hundred with my fish oil, and I do um, uh, four capsules a day of that. So. About 800 milligrams of the GLA, Mm -hmm. um, which is a therapeutic amount, again, Mm -hmm. to help to reduce lung inflammation. Right. And really... And that would be, you know, it's a true for adults um, that these would be very beneficial, but also for kids with asthma, that this these supplements that we've talked
0: about, the fish oil mm-hmm. and the GLA would be helpful for them as well. Just in smaller doses. Right, right, yep. right. Yep. You know, so at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we actually do carry both of the liquid fish oil, and borage oil, borage oil, that would be great for kids. Yes. And they have really come a long way <laughs> yeah. with taste. Right. Thank goodness, because who wants to suck down some fish oil? Right. But there's some good high-quality liquid fish oil supplements, and one that we have that kids really do like. It's a lemon flavor, yeah. so it really goes down nice. And I can attest,
1: my, my two-and-a-half-year-old will take it perfect you know there you go kids love it if it's a high quality it's good and most children are deficient in omega-3 fatty acids and really why is that well if adults are having a hard time getting enough cold water fatty fish in organic eggs or pasteurated meat imagine how with kids that the little omega-3s that they're getting so how many uh times a week do you think that Kids are getting that fish,
0: like we mentioned in that study. Right. Not many kids not eat many. it regularly at all. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, so let's talk about the last supplement you mentioned you've right. taken faithfully, over the last eight years, which is vitamin D. Right. So can you tell us a little bit why vitamin D is helpful for asthma? Yeah, sure.
1: So vitamin D is so important for a healthy immune system again. And asthma being an autoimmune disease, vitamin D can help to boost our immune health and reduce the inflammatory attacks on our lungs. And there are numerous studies that show the benefits of vitamin D for many types of autoimmune diseases, like rheumatoid
0: arthritis, or ms Mm -hmm. crohn's disease Mm -hmm. and asthma right 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 you know and in one interesting large population-based study of three hundred and eight thousand people that's a lot that is people you know big study so what they did is vitamin d levels have they were have been recorded Mm -hmm. and they found a significant link between low vitamin d and the severity of asthma attacks Right, and a greater chance of even those reoccurring attacks. Right. Yeah, yeah. and you know, like omega three fats,
1: a lot of people are low in vitamin D. They are right. Oh, and the best source is really the sun. Yes, and not a lot of people are out in the sun without sunscreen long enough to have healthy vitamin D levels because people think, oh, I'll just go out in the sun. Yeah, be but fine. then they, they just lather in, vit- in the sunscreen, which blocks that absorption. Correct. So, so then they're not getting the vitamin D. Right. Um, or another thing is working Living? inside. Yeah.
0: All you know, those long hours during the day. Yeah, how much time do we really spend outside? Yeah. You know?
1: Yep. And it needs to be several times in the week, tank top and shorts, high noon sun exactly. for at least 20 minutes. Yeah. And not a lot of people do that. Not a lot. So. You know, also in like places like Minnesota that are high in the northern latitudes, they're not only the, the season is really short. Right. For you're getting, right. Yeah. So I take about 5,000. I use a day of vitamin D Me too. in the summer, in the winter and 2000 in the summer to keep my immune system
0: healthy. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Sounds great. Well,
1: thanks, everyone, for listening to our show today on asthma. And I hope everyone has a happy and healthy week.
0: Thanks, everyone. Bye bye
2: drop
1: all its petals on me life i love you
0: all is groovy thanks for listening to dishing up nutrition if you enjoy this podcast please leave us a review on itunes the content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters they are not
1: intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent disease statements made with respect to products
0: have not been evaluated by the fda